Buongiorno. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Larry Kay, and I am a recovered compulsive reader. Today is Monday, December 2nd, 2019, and today we are reading from the big book, and we are currently on page 72, the second paragraph only. That paragraph starts, this is perhaps difficult. And today's readers, we have Tamara C. on the 12 steps. We have Marge E. on the 12 traditions. And the readers of the text are, uh, excuse me, Russ M., Renee A., and Nancy P. Let me give you the share ID for yesterday for uh, the Sunday special edition. That was December 1st. That number is 13370, 13,370. We also have um, Maria F. as the newcomer greeter and the host for the second hour is Anadia B. Okay, the OA preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors, and of course, to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states that each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can indeed recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps in the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. So let me now, uh, Tamara C., would you be kind enough to read the 12 steps? Good morning, Tamara. Sure thing, Larry. This is Tamara C., compulsive eater in South Carolina. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. Step one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Step five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Step nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Step 11, saw through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Step 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for allowing me to do service. Thank you, Tamara. 
Okay, Marge, I'm sorry the Pat's lost, but still, would you be kind enough to read the 12 traditions this morning? <laughs> Thank you, Larry. <laughs> Margie from Massachusetts. Uh, the 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse finance or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is a spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me do service. Thank you, Larry, for your service. I pass. Thanks, Marge. Okay, everyone, here's how this meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic in literature that we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive readers only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year. For readers, it's six months. But the good thing is there is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. And of course, we are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. If you'd like to share, press star one to unmute your phone. And once you're done uh, sharing, let us know by saying pass. And then, of course, press star one to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. So today we are going to resume our study in the big book. We are currently on page 72, the second paragraph, which starts, this is perhaps difficult. And we're just going to read the one paragraph only. So I'm now going to ask uh, my Philly friend, Russ M., to get us started. Hey, Russell, good morning. Good morning, Mayor. Russ Emery, recoverable spoke reader outside of Philly. This is perhaps difficult, especially discussing our defects with another person. We think we have done well enough and admitted these things to ourselves. There's doubt about that. 
In actual practice, we usually find a solitary self-appraisal insufficient. Many of us thought it necessary to go much further. We will be more reconciled to discussing ourselves with another person when we see good reasons why we should do so. The best reason first. If we skip this vital step, we may not overcome drinking. Time after time, newcomers have tried to keep to themselves certain facts about their lives. Trying to avoid this humbling experience, they have turned to easier methods. Almost invariably, they got drunk. Having, having persevered with the rest of the program, they wondered why they fell. We think the reason is that they never completed their house cleaning. They took inventory all right, but hung on to some of the worst items in stock. They only thought they had lost their egoism and fear. They only thought they had humbled themselves, but they had not, but they had not learned enough humility, fearlessness, and honesty in the sense we find it necessary until they told someone else all their life story. So, man, this is packed, this one. Very important part of the, uh, the fifth step here. Um, you know, this stuck out to me when I did my first step first fifth step because I was fearful it, 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 I had a lot of trepidation uh, like like m- many do uh, giving their fifth step away but I also had trepidation that I would go back to this wreck that I was if I wasn't uh, you know all, all truthful you know if I if I didn't give everything there was things in my inventory I was so scared I thought you know my sponsor would fire me I it, all these crazy things that I catastrophize about. The key is I got them off my chest. I got them off my soul. I got them off my heart, right? You know, I could have said, oh, I got it. It's between me and God. But what's the truth of that? I'm a master manipulator, right? Right? I'm going to manipulate myself and lie to myself. I, I, I was doing that for 40 years anyway. You know, look where that got me. It was it was key, and the inventory and the fifth step showed me exactly who I am. What what I've done when I've done hurt people, and you know when it it, it gives me a chance to start from scratch and to and to make up for uh, for things that I didn't do great. You know, I hurt people. Uh, and also, there's a spiritual thing that goes on there, right? You're confessing, you know. We're we're <laughs> we're putting it out to to God, to someone else. And there's a heal, spiritual healing, healing component, at least for me. You know, that's what I felt. I felt that I didn't have to live in these secrets that I lived in, that create kept me restless, irritable, and discontented for all those years. And it wasn't just one thing; there was a pile of them. So. It's important, and with my sponsees, I pray for them that they would be honest in their fifth step because, uh, you know, it's a guarantee. You know, there's promises when we do the work, and there's promises when we don't do the work. Um, so I, I just – it's a beautiful program. It gave me freedom, and uh, we just can't skimp on this. Um, y'all have a good day. Love you. Love you too, Russ.
All right. Thanks for getting us started in that beautiful way. Okay, so we are Russ Red, page 72, the second paragraph only. This is perhaps difficult. If you haven't shared in the past day or so, um, we make room for other people. So who would like to share on what was read? Anna Cheryl R. Amanda B. Vasa O. Amanda B. Amanda. Lynn R. Christina J. Lynn. Christina. Rebecca B. Rebecca, let's hold off for a second after Rebecca. So I'm going to read who I heard. I, d I had the witch hazel out. I was cleaning my ears out, but it, I don't know if it worked. All right. <laughs> um, here's who I heard, though. I heard, I heard Anna, Cheryl, Nessa, Amanda, uh, Lynn, Christina, and Rebecca. And Vasa O. And Vasa O. And I've got Don't forget me. <laughs> Thank you. And then Vasa, how could I forget you? Come on. All right. So I'll throw you in there, Vasa. So let's start with Anna, followed by Cheryl. Good morning, Anna. And everyone else on mute your phone other than Anna. Anna, press star one if you would. Was there did I did I even hear an Anna? Maybe I didn't. More witch hazel. I'm sorry, I wasn't unmuted. Anna, I can hear you now. Yeah. Oh, go for it. Thank you so much. Thank you for your service and thank you everyone on the line. Yeah, this Anna, you know what? We lost you. I think what we'll do is everyone um, muted their phone, I believe, if they not, if they didn't check. And Anna, unmute again, okay? Let's give it another try. Press star one. Hi, can I be heard? You can, Anna. Okay, thank you so much. Thank you for your service. And um, uh, this is Anna Emma. I'm cross-addicted, compulsive eater, recovered in Connecticut. You know, this paragraph really is, amazing in the sense that, you know, taking stock and looking at things in terms of defects and, you know, changing the way I do things and think and, and um, because for years and years, here's the thing, I blamed everybody else for my problems. Everything was everybody else's fault. But now taking a look and taking stock of, of who I am and how I behaved you know, in the world of addiction, you know, and then having to, like, re rebuild my life based on the spiritual principles of the steps is an amazing feat. And, you know, this, you know, for I've had several sponsees who stop right in the middle of the fourth step and in the fifth step, actually. And um, it's scary, you know, it's, it's a scary process to look at things and look at my defects and admit to God and to another human being the exact nature of my wrongs. It's, it's, it is scary, but I'll tell you, I'm so grateful for the process because it brought me to a whole nother way of living life and behaving in the world at large. You know, now we're approaching the holidays, walking around out there, and you see people walking around that maybe don't even know they have this illness. And, uh, you know, I'm so grateful for the steps. I'm so grateful for the vision for you meeting. And I'm so grateful for my higher power and all of you. So with that, I pass. Thank you so much for letting me share. Anna, thanks for sharing. 
Okay, Cheryl, you're up followed by Nessa. Good morning, Cheryl. Good morning, Larry. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, this is Cheryl A., um, recovered compulsive overeater in Brookline, Massachusetts. <clears throat> Good morning, everyone. I hope you had a great weekend. I can't say enough of this fifth step process. Um, it was in doing my fifth step that I just actually uh, completed another fifth step. And it was in doing my fifth step that I was really able to realize I had more to go in my the, the fear part of my inventory. When I did my very uh, robust and complete, which I guess uh, it was to this time, just didn't have quite as much. But when I did that a few years back, um, there was a, some things that I think that I actually skimped on my fear inventory. I had put so much focus on my resentment inventory and so much focus on that aspect of it. I had lots and lots and lots and lots of resentment and went through them all. By the time I got to the fear inventory, I was a little fatigued and I did it, but deep down inside, I think I always knew maybe that it wasn't quite complete. So this time around, when I did my fear inventory, um, and I, as I was talking through my, my, as I was talking it through with the person I did my fifth step with, they started asking me all kinds of questions and things are patterns, and it just came to me like, a, like just ding, ding, ding. I'm not done. So I went back and I redid it and realized there were things that I had to, 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 to face or unmanageability would stay with me. Um, and I have suffered. I suffered for years with unmanageability as being a very present part of my life because I didn't really do a thorough fear inventory. So through talking it through this time, I remembered I don't want to live in unmanageability or sober suffering anymore. I'm going to do it thoroughly. So even things like fears came up like not being seen as a child. And I thought, aren't I done with that? And I realized, no. I still have a fear of not being seen. I'm an identical twin. I grew up that way. And I still fear that. Am I really going to be seen? The fears that I, I felt shame to put down, like not being loved. But I don't really feel like I'm not loved. I feel deeply loved. But I went deeper and I went underneath all that underneath stuff and realized there's fears that I had to put on there and work through with someone else. And I went through, I mean, things like tragic death, um, different parts of my members of my family dying. I had to get it on paper, and I was terrified writing that stuff down, which I knew meant that it was, like, meant to be there. And I worked it through. And this time around, I know that I didn't leave anything uncovered. But had I not done that fifth step, I would have. Had I not been willing to be honest, not just with myself and God, but really go deep and underneath it all with someone else who could kind of see more objectively as I was speaking that question. Thank you. Um, I don't think I could have gotten um, as complete as I did. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great day. Thank you so much, Cheryl. Okay, Nessa, it's your turn, followed by Amanda. Good morning. Hi, good morning, vision for you. This is Nessa R., a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Um, I want to comment on the fact that so solitary self-appraisal is insufficient because that was my thing. 
and you know the the greatest aspect of my disease certain um, um, centers in my mind um, and the same mind that tells me that I can have just two cookies and it will be okay even though I'll never in my life have been able to stop at two cookies also tells me that the the uh, um, defects that I find so objectionable in other people, um, in me, they're understandable that, you know, whatever I do is okay and even justified um, regardless of, of, of what it is. You know, the same mind that keeps me um, in the victim role uh, because everything that happens to me is as a result of other people or circumstances or consequences and you know we learned we, we read a couple um, couple of days ago last week sometime that as a result of step four we discover some hard truths about ourselves and the hard truth is that my problems are of my own making they're not as a result of what other people do or the circumstances around me they're um you know, they're a result, they're a direct result of the fact that I'm selfish and self-absorbed and self-centered and dishonest. And, you know, if I keep it all to myself, I'm going to keep living in that delusion potentially, you know, and so I need an objective mind. Um, I need an objective voice, but a, a caring, loving voice that cares about my recovery, you know, enough to tell me the truth and to get me out of those illusions and delusions get me out of the lies that I tell myself and so that I can hear the truth. You know, that when I have a problem, I am the problem. You know, I am the, the common denominator in all the circumstances and relationships in my life. And, you know, rather than that being demoralizing, it's actually very empowering because I am powerless over other people and I'm powerless over situations or circumstances, but I'm not powerless over my own um, thoughts and behavior you know I can do something about it and indeed this is what the program is about it's about me cleaning the wreckage of my past and it all starts by me knowing the truth about myself which I have not been able on my own to figure out so I do need you know um, a sponsor a trusted um, a person that I that I um, that I want to follow in their footsteps of that can tell me what it is that I need to work on. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thanks so much, Nessa. Okay, Amanda, you're up to the mic here, followed by Lynn. Good morning. Hi, can I be heard? Yes. Mm -hmm. Great. Um, so this is Amanda B. from Toronto, Canada. This is the Canadian lineup this morning. Um, it says this is perhaps difficult. And I stopped there because I think uh, when we get to step four, we get so uncomfortable and I have sponsors and myself and I think to myself, oh my gosh, like, why do I feel so bad? Um, one thing that's really helped me is that this process is not supposed to be easy. Uh, it's not supposed to feel good. Feeling good is the instantaneous feeling I get from eating a muffin. Um, so uh, that really helps. This is perhaps difficult. It already sets my expectations that it's okay that it's not easy and it doesn't feel good um, that actually means I might be doing it right um, the other thing that it talks about is that it's especially helpful to develop um, to discuss with another person because my sponsor or whoever I'm talking about says talking to says things that I could never think of myself 
Um, you know, if the whole idea of the program is to get to something that will solve all of my problems called God, I know that God speaks to me through other people. The other day, um, you know, even my daughter said to me, do your best and forget the rest. And I thought, geez, God's speaking to me through my daughter. Um, it also doesn't say here that we'll get close. It doesn't, like Bill doesn't say, okay, you'll get closer to God if you do this. But he says that if we don't do it, we'll end up drinking again and we'll be farther from God. Um, and then in the last sentence here, it says, but they had not learned enough of humility, fearlessness, and honesty. And these are the principles that I want to live by. Humility, fearlessness, and honesty. If I could walk around my life all day, not fearing anybody or anything, being 100% honest and at peace with who I am, those are really the promises. So even though he's not saying get closer to God and this is what you'll feel, to me this kind of the promises in the program inside out. But it says in this paragraph, vital and necessary. And it tells us also where to go if we fall. If we fall, maybe we didn't complete this step. So I look at those words, vital and necessary, and it means that I must do this in order to get well. I must do this to find something that will help me in my life, that will rearrange my entire life and help me with all of my problems. Uh, And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much for letting me share. Thanks so much, Amanda. Okay, now batting. We have Lynn followed by Christina on deck. Hey, Lynn, good morning. Good morning. This is Lynn S., a recovered compulsive overeater from Toronto, Canada. This is one of the pivotal paragraphs for me in program because it highlighted for me what happened. After 17 years, I then had an eight-year relapse, and everybody would look at me and say, what happened? What happened? And this is what happened. They only thought they had lost their egoism and fear. They only thought that they had humbled themselves, but they had not learned enough of humility, fearlessness, and honesty in the sense we find it necessary. And it says, until we told someone else their whole story. It wasn't that I omitted parts of my whole story, but I didn't identify deeply enough the general nature of my character defects. I didn't delve into it to the depth that I needed to see over and over again those patterns that kept appearing in my life that caused harm to me and to my fellows and to God. And that was the essence of the problem for me. And I can remember wondering in that eight-year morass of misery that I lived in, like, what happened? I know the big back in and out. I can quote it to everybody. I've done the steps. I helped so many people. I did service. Like, what is it? What is it? And, you know, it was very easy for me to tell you what I had done wrong. And it was very easy for me to admit to God, you know, this list of things that I had done wrong but it was extremely difficult to really sit down with myself and to admit the full extent of how my character defects had harmed others and to really see that. 
and it was eight years of the worst experience of my life. And I am so grateful because coming through that has brought me to a recovery richer and deeper and more God-centered than I ever could have imagined. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Lynn. Okay, Christina, it's your turn, followed by Rebecca. Good morning. Good morning, Larry. Thank you for your service. Thanks for everyone on the line. Getting so much already out of this meeting. Okay, so this is a heavy paragraph. I told my husband this morning, oh, my God, this is going to be a great meeting. People are going to be chomping at the bit to get on and share about their experience, strength, and hope, and me too. Okay, so uh, step five. I've always had no problem talking about myself and all my stuff. But I never uh, talked about my deepest and hidden secrets that uh, I was ashamed of. So this was a little bit scary, but I was willing to take the bit in my mouth and go to it and uh, tell my sponsor. So uh, I'm sitting around in my house before I did it. I've got all this stuff that's dirty. i got a dirty bathroom. i got a dirty kitchen. I know it's dirty. This is my inventory. i got to clean up. Because what's going to happen? I've got, a, I've got a guest coming. I've got the sunlight of the Spirit going to come into my life. I've got God coming. And this is one of the crucial steps, at least it was for me, to beginning to feel free and having an opening in my heart where all this stuff was out of the way and I could feel that heavenly Spirit within me and begin to forge a relationship daily with that Spirit. The things that got in my way all my life is talked about quite a bit in this paragraph. We think we have done well enough. And uh, admitting these things to ourselves, well, yeah, sure, I'm admitting my, these things to myself, but I haven't, I haven't quite seen them all yet because the fifth step has a miracle. It's that last column that begins to show me where I'm selfish, self-centered, dishonest, and fearful. And when I read this step with my sponsor, oh, man, the light bulbs came on, one, two, three, four, and the biggest light bulb was fear. So um, if we skip this vital step, we may not overcome drinking. Yeah, because we're not telling it to someone. We're not getting it out. We're not releasing it. Um, and it's the thinking that keep, kept me back for, from, for so long from finding recovery. And, and, again, it talks about that stinking thinking throughout this book. Um, I need rigorous honesty uh, at what's going on in my sick mind. I wasn't able to do that until I wrote all this down, and then the secret, the key that unlocked the door to that last column was telling someone and seeing all the patterns. Um, let's see, what else do I want to share on this? They only thought they had lost their egotism and fear when we're doing this fourth step. We only thought we'd, they'd humbled themselves. But it's not enough. you got to do this fifth step. At least for me, I had to do it. I had to tell, and I had to see the patterns. And this is one of the keys, once again, that unlocks the door because you're clean in that house. You've got a clean house, and the sunlight of the Spirit is standing right next to your heart door, and you can begin to open that door and let that light in. So much is revealed in this fifth step. Don't pass it up. With that, I'll pass. Thanks, Christina. Okay, Rebecca, Rebecca, it's your turn, followed by Vasa. Good morning, Mary. <laughs> I'm not, Rebecca. We are not. We are not indeed. I am Rebecca B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from north of Boston and so incredibly grateful to be here. It brings tears to my eyes. Um, 
Yeah, it's, it's uh, snowing here, and I started out on the road to get to a face-to-face -face meeting and um, needed to turn around. And, you know, God always has better plans than I do. I, I think I know. I think I know what's right. I think I know what's best. And again and again and again, um, I learned that, that it's safest and um, most freeing to give up control and to just trust and to just do the next right thing and, you know, set out on a path this morning. It's too icy. It's okay. It's safe. I don't have to figure it all out. I can turn back around and come home to this meeting that saved my life. And um, the word that keeps coming to me related to this particular passage is shame. Um, so I got into um, the rooms of um, OA and Vision after having stayed out for about 18 years, been for a year, out for 18 years, got recovery in another program, had done this step before. So when I got to it with my sponsor the first time, because I've done it more than once with her, and we also do 10 steps every week um, or more, is, you know, I was down to the really, really hard, scary stuff that, that I, in all honesty, wasn't even probably ready for until I was. One thing I've come to understand about recovery is that as long as I do the very best I can, genuinely, in wherever I am in my recovery at that time, God meets me more than halfway, right? So it's not as though I walked around thinking I knew these things earlier, if that makes any sense. But once they're revealed to me, once the, the deeper, darker, sort of real root causes come up to the surface as I'm more and more honest, I have to keep taking the step. I have to keep sharing those things. And the things that kept me the most in shame, um, which then I ate over, which just, I thought the shame was about the food, right? But really the shame was about something, things, multiple things, much deeper. And every time I trust and am humble and honest and open with my sponsor, um, it, it just takes me closer and closer to God. And, um, and it's never done. Right, it just continues. So, yeah, humility and and fearlessness and faith and trust and um, believing those others on the line that I hear and recovered people saying when I did this I became more free, and and jumping off jumping off that ledge into the arms of freedom. So, with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thanks, Rebecca. Okay, we'll take some more names after Vasa. Just to let you know, we're on page seventy-two, the second paragraph only. Vasa, are you down in Florida? Yes, I am in Florida. Oh, good. It's nice here. Everybody's welcome to come. <laughs> but anyway, thank you, Larry, for your service. And I'm Vasa, grateful, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater, calling from Florida again. And, um, yes, I was in so much pain when I came to my first meeting of Overeaters Anonymous, and I remember humbling on my knees and saying to God, like it says earlier in the chapter, I can't do this by myself. I will let you please help me. I, and I was ready and I was just so willing to do whatever it took, you know. And it's by the grace of God, I, you know, I did go through the withdrawals. It was very, very painful not to have my alcoholic foods into my food plan. That's when my sponsor said, before we move on, we got to put those foods down. You know, we, have to, we need to have the clarity 
to continue. And I became abstinent, and I remember saying, well, I don't know why I have to keep on going, not to step four and five. I've already lost my weight, and I came here for the vanity. But she said, if, it says here, if we skip the vital step, we may not overcome drinking from its food time, time off, after, after time. If I didn't do this step, four and five, I will go back into the food. So I'm saying, I will go to any length. I never wanted to go back to that pain that I was into, physical pain. I did not understand emotional. I didn't understand the spiritual part of the disease. So, and, uh, and I was ready and I was willing. It was very, very difficult to go and tell somebody. I was saying, well, God knows what I've done. I know what I've done. Why do I have to go and tell somebody else? Well, I was too embarrassed to admit some of the things I did because I, I was afraid then that they might not like me. And, you know, and I was, God got me ready for each step as I needed to go. And the person shared some of her own weaknesses, and that made me feel better and more to continue going with it. I was saying, well, if they did, or even hearing other meetings, they got through. None of them died because they did the fourth and the fifth step. And I was not going to die. And I did not die. And I'm just so, so grateful that I did it. And I still do it as I need it. Step 10, 11, 12, you know. And it is such a reader. But I have my, I'm timing myself. I got another two seconds left. Thank you for letting me share. And I pass. It's the best thing I had ever done. And then continued with the rest of the steps. And I pass, Larry. Thank you for your service. What? You're timing yourself. Thanks, Lassa. I appreciate that. Okay. Um, we want to hear from people uh, that have a heartbeat. If you do, please give me your first name and last initial. Who would like to share? Elise N. Elise N. Elise N. Elise N. Vinnie P. Michael Janet M. M. Maria F. Elise. Elise N. Katie Did T. anyone? Katie T, I got you there. I heard Marie. Or is it Maria? F. Maria F. Maria S. Okay, let me tell you who I heard, you guys. We'll see if we get through it. I heard Elise. I don't know if there are three or four or five Elises, but if there is more than one, but I definitely heard an Elise. Um, I heard a Vinny, I heard Lynn, I heard Katie, Marie, who else? Maybe one other? Michael M. Michael. Okay, let's stop with that. Please accept my apologies if I didn't hear you. Okay, Elise, we're going to start with you, followed by Vinny. Good morning, Elise. Hi, good morning. Um, Thank you for your service. Um, I just went to the convention, which was wonderful, and I saw my sponsor there for the first time, and we threw threw ourselves into each other's arms, and I completed my fifth step there. Um, It's not the first one that I've done, and I think what surprised me the most is when I started to write a fourth step, I had so many of the same resentments that I did from the last one. And I didn't really understand why. And I'm beginning to understand why. Um, I had um, people on that list that bullied me, let's say, in high school, or weren't, you know, weren't my friends or 
that were made fun of me in high school from when I was, I'm 55 for God's sake, but, and, but it, 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 it hurt me to the core and I, and I, but getting, getting deeper into it, it was more of a, not so much a resentment, but was a sadness of not being loved and accepted, you know, for who I was and, you know, that, that pain. And I think what started, what started to happen was, um, you know, maybe the fear was never being accepted. And then that the lie was like, I'm accepted now by many, many people. I have many, I have, I mean, I have a, I have a lot of not, I have some really, really good friends that love and accept me the way that I am. And I have, you know, a, com- a wonderful community. I have wonderful friends in OA. Most of my friends are, I mean, good. I have good friends in OA. I have good friends that are that I met when I, because of OA, when I became religious, I have tremendous um, friendships now. And these are not people that I need anymore. And I think I started to be able, and there was nothing I really did to cause these things. And I was able to hear, you know, not to be a victim anymore, just to let it go and say these people, ask God to please let these people not have power over me anymore. And, you know, I did put myself in a position in some ways to be vulnerable, let's say, um, for hiding different different things. But there's like nothing I could do today or very few things I could do today to have my friends now walk away from me. I'm so fortunate. And it it made me grateful instead of um, instead of basking in this, you know, sorrow, you know. And that's not that's not where I want to be today. Um, I think if I would see any of them today, I would be happy to see them and and and, and welcome seeing them, which is a very very different feeling than I had. So, because um, there are people you know from high school, and they've probably changed too, you know. Um, so anyway, and if they haven't, so be it. You know, that's that's not my issue anymore. So. Um, Thanks for listening. Have a wonderful day. All right, bye. Hi, Pat. Thank you, Elise. Okay, Vinny, how are you? Good morning. Good morning. This is Vinny T. Uh, recovered in North Carolina. Am I being heard? You are, Vinny. Good morning. Uh, thank you. Thank you for allowing me to share. Um, today, uh, real, real short and sweet. I think uh, the word that came up in my mind was trust. Uh, this is where you know. I began to trust that I could voice my, my fears and my, you know, my faults to another human being, but most especially, and I didn't even really at this point know, um, but most especially to God, um, you know, saying it out loud um, and and getting it outside of myself be really opened the door to let God in. Well, thank you very much. I pass. Thank you, Vinny. Okay. Next up, uh, we have Lynn followed by Katie. Good morning, Lynn. Good morning, Larry. Thank you for your service today. This is Lynn S. Recovered in Pennsylvania. <clears throat> and um, thank you. And the things that um, stood out for me in the paragraph is that, um, the best, you know, if we skip this vital step, we may not overcome drinking. And um, 
Time after time, newcomers have tried to keep to themselves certain facts about their lives. And I kept certain facts about my life to me, uh, depending on who the people were I was with in my compulsive overeating days. And not only that, but um, I would I would hide who I was in um, in codependency, but I would also hide all of the shame that I had for the things that I had done um, from different from different people, and the shame kept me in my disease. And um, my very first first fourth step. Um, my sponsor said some really simple things to me that just unlocked the frozen feelings. Um, and it was me too. Like that happened to me too. And, or I did that too, or I understand how that could have happened. And it was such a relief and a relief that never again have I had to have that experience of not being truthful. And, um, I've done four steps, subsequent four steps. And, and what the beauty of God is that uh, the layers get peeled back when you're ready. So I may have um, not noticed something or things um, became more clear as I recovered. Um, but now I have um, a way of processing that's aligned with God and not aligned with a bag of Oreos in my car alone or um you know, my worst character flaws coming up because my shame's so deep that I'm hiding and I'm lashing out at everybody that I know. Um, today I have a way of, of acting that um, is aligned with my God. And I'm just so grateful. And if there's any newcomers on the line, like, you know, grab somebody who's recovered and you don't have to be alone today. That's all I've got. Thanks for letting me share. Oh, you bet. Thanks, Lynn. Okay, we have Katie followed by Marie. I believe it was Marie Oz. Katie, good morning. Good morning. This is Katie and Katie T in Greenville, South Carolina. Happy to be here today. Um, this last uh, sentence is the one that struck me. They have not learned enough of humility, fearlessness, and honesty in the sense we find it necessary until they told someone else all their life story. Well, you know, I felt from at least as a teenager that there was something very wrong with me. And at that point, it, I really wasn't heavy or eating out of control. Others just didn't seem to want to be a friend to me. I didn't know how to relate to others. Um, my thoughts and my feelings were just all locked up inside of me and never had a chance to go anywhere. But beginning in college, I began over about oh, 30 years of being in therapy off and on. So I was radically honest with those therapists. But it didn't change anything. Um, I still thought and saw that there was something wrong with me. And by then, it started to be my eating and my weight. And I started identifying my eating and my weight as, as the problem. And I started using it as my scapegoat. I didn't get a job because of this. I didn't have a relationship because of this. Uh, but I never, I was self-centered to the extreme. I wanted, in therapy, to become perfect, honestly to become perfect so that I would be better than other people and that would be the only way that I could feel safe until I hit this program and came back with a, a Vision for You involvement in two years ago. Um, I, had, I had really no idea of what it meant to be a person among persons 
And I still struggle with that. Um, there's still something that comes up with my 10 steps on a regular basis. But um, the process of really carefully looking at uh, the damaged goods when I took inventory, what is it that is my, um, my, my life story that I tell myself? And how is that a lie? And how can I be a part of this fellowship and really attempt to turn my life over to God and every to the best of my ability. I have had such a beautiful refreshing of my life that uh, it is truly beyond my wildest dreams. I shared with the sponsee this morning. It's it's a miracle that I have gone two years, with the exception of two day binge, one two day binge over a year ago, two years without having to compulsively overeat. I mean, it's never happened to me before. This is my program. This is my God. Thank you all for being here. I love you all. And I pass. Thanks, Katie. Okay, we have Marie, or was it Maria, followed by Michael? It's Maria F., Larry. Hi, Maria. Good morning. You're up. Hi, Hi, Larry. Good morning. This is Maria F. from Dublin and Ireland, and thank you so much for your service, Larry. Um, yeah, I love this. It says, you know, this brings us to the fifth step in the program of recovery. Uh, yeah, um, sorry, I missed the wrong line. Sorry, we usually find a solitary self-appraisal insufficient. Yes, and what that tells me is that I need somebody recovered. I need a recovered person to share this with. Um, yeah, so I, yeah, and it, it tells me, you know, I've, it's instructions that I've uncovered, discovered, and when I find this person, I'm about to discard. So I'm going to share this fifth step with somebody and looking at that fourth column, the parts where that's the part I look at. I don't tell the story. I look at the part where I've been selfish, self-seeking, dishonest and afraid um, and trying to unblock those obstacles that keep me from my higher power. And uh, yeah, can't yeah, can't be a sick mind with a sick mind. Um, it's a disease of my thinking, disease of the of the stuff that goes on in my head um, and where with those behaviours, I've caused harm. I've harmed other people and hurt other people. Yeah, and and it's, you know, it's if I'm to have a vital experience, I need to do this stuff, you know. And it, it says here on page 72, the best reason first, if we skip this vital step, we may not overcome in drinking. So that tells me if I if I don't do this fifth step, the chances are I'm going to eat again. Um, yeah, so I admit nothing. I tell all. So that means all. I tell all my life story. And for me, I did my first step with my sponsor and um, went home, spent that hour, that quiet time, and more came up. And I just thought, how am I going to go back to her with more? Um, and by the grace of God, I went back. I shared more. And, you know, I'd done, I'd done this kind of stuff in counseling where I, I told other people things, but there was nothing the same as sharing this with somebody, uh, a member of OA, a sponsor, a recovered person who had identification, who could identify with the stuff that I was talking about. Um, yeah, and there was such, such peace in that. Um, and I think God sends us the people that he wants us to work with, you know, um, and thank God for my sponsor today. Um, and I have to give up the idea um, and quit playing God. I had to do that, you know, stop playing God. I am not in charge. God is in charge. Um, and stop being and behaving the way I thought people wanted me to be, because I'd be what you wanted me to be. Um, and I'd adapt to what I thought would keep you happy. Um, 
and surrendering all that, surrendering all that thinking and just asking God, how am I to be? Show me your will. How can I be a service? Um, yeah, and every day just asking God for his will. How am I to be today, God? Um, yeah, that's me, Larry. Thanks a million. Thank you. Oh, you bet, Maria. Thank you. Okay, don't want to break your anonymity, Michael. Number 23 from North Carolina, Michael Jordan. Hey, Michael. Hi, this is Michael M. Is that who you meant? Yeah, that's you, Michael. Yeah, hi. Yeah, good morning. Thank you for your service. I'm a long-timer. I'm in vanity. I don't like to say I'm an old-timer. But uh, I've been coming to Vision for two years, but I've been in from the get-go, from the first 12-step full program. What I love most about being a visionary is that so many of the leaders really know the archives and the truth of what was in the big book and how and why it was written change, continues to change me. And I learned more and more because a year ago, when, and I'm, in more, I'm in several programs because of being in my first food program. Food was my first. And yesterday I did a four-step and I gave my fifth step away to a visionary. And um, I don't know what I expected because I've done four step before, but being a visionary or is so different because the, the father program years ago did not do the kind of work that some of the 12 step food pro programs do, but that's changing. I have a, a program that now the format, and it's a different pro 12 step program does, does the format like visionary and like, like vision, and it's just phenomenal because I'm getting hit by two programs the same way. And I'm saying getting hit, but it's changed my life. I had lost, you know, a, a lot of 60 pounds. My partner died 31 years ago, and I, I gained half it back. And I've been fi fighting that half up and down, up and down, up and down for so many years. And uh, understanding more of the archives and really understanding. And listening to some of the amazing leaders or speakers or workshops, uh, I am very close to my original goal, which has been a long time, because I have a lot of clothes I would like to be able to wear, and I can start, I'm starting to wear them. But more than that, uh, my fourth step, uh, I thought it would leave me feeling happy, joyous, and free. It left me sad, shaky, and... A little confused, but the confusion is I'm the only one in my entire family who has stayed in in 12-step. And, you know, I, I was the type who would join a gym on Monday, go on Tuesday, and never go back. 12-step uh, is the only thing I've stayed in all my life, and that's a higher power thing. And the magic of the higher power, the, uh, the amazing gifts that the higher power is giving me, and understanding and learning and realizing that, you know, I'm still codependent, but not as bad, or uh, I have treatment. And I need to remember, the archives tell me, people who helped Bill start this one, you know, were a nun, a priest, a psychiatrist, a doctor. And I'm, I can't share everything in a meeting. I have issues of abuse uh, as a child in parochial school. We don't, I don't, won't share that intimacy at a meeting. So I love what I'm learning, and I'm very grateful that uh, the way that vision has brought, I guess, OA to a, to a place that uh, makes me very, very happy. 
and thank you so much for for allowing me to share. Uh, um, um, you don't give you a number now, right? Correct. No, we're going to get to that uh, the next okay. uh, the next phase here. You bet, Michael. Thank you so much. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you, Michael. Okay, well that wraps us up, you guys. And uh, I, I wish to thank everyone who has shared, and just even if you're here, thank you for being here. Uh, please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following our closing. And the share, let me give you the share ID for today, Monday, uh, December 2nd, uh, for the 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting. That number is 13,741. That's 13741. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Hey, hey, Renee A., would you read the uh, vision for you on 164? We'll be happy to, Larry, thanks. This is Renee A., Recovered uh, Compulsive Overeater in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.